everybody, Goldie here, and today we're going to talk about wrestling. On today's episode, we recap the NXT Vengeance Day pay-per-view, talk about Sammy and his spear form phrasing, I am aware, what is going on with Baron Corbin, and welcome back, Ilya Dragunov. Without further ado, hello everybody, and welcome to We're Gonna Talk About Wrestling. Uh, Flo, hello. Hello, everybody. How are we today? I'm excited for some more wrestle talk. Donjay, hello. How we doing? Hello, everyone, and happy birthday, Alundra Blaze. Happy birthday, Alundra. New Mike Donjay came through dripping. Um, if you are live in our Twitch chat right now, or if you watch this on YouTube later, you will notice um, a very special icon on the screen. Um, covering my logo that is the prediction championship ladies and gentlemen um i went one for five at the rumble i went five for six at vengeance day and i outdid the boys so i get to hold the belt for this week uh, and the reason we didn't do it last week is because i didn't have it so it wasn't important um anyways let's get right into things shall we Let's talk SmackDown, and let's talk the tag team tournament that started out with so much promise and ended up being incredibly lackluster. Donjay, let's start with you. Braun and Ricochet, the makeshift team thrown together halfway through, go on to defeat Imperium for a shot at the Usos. Uh, I'm going to just come right out and say it. Donjay, what the fuck? What the fuck is right? Um, it was a great match. Like, let's oh, I'll get that Absolutely. Out. But still. Yeah, as, yeah, as we've determined, first matches on SmackDowns are absolute bangers. But they weren't in anything. They got thrown in at the last minute. Um, I hate when they substitute someone in there just to have them win the whole damn thing. Like, what's the point of them have being on there in the first place? Why weren't they in it in the first place? If they're a tag team which you guys are pushing, why weren't they in there in the first place? They could have replaced Los Lotharios or Hit Row or someone else if, if you're going to do that. But don't just automatically put them in the semifinals where they fight one team less and they beat Imperium, a real tag team, yeah. a tag team match where we would much rather see versus the Usos than Braun and Ricochet. And like I said, no disrespect to them. They're awesome. But I have no real joy. There's more joy in tomorrow's tag team match because of who may or may not show up to defend their titles than them actually having a chance to win it. Yeah. Flo, what about you? How do you feel about that? So, unlike our previous podcast, usually I'm the more uplifting and oozy one. This is not going to be that week. Um, <laughs> I absolutely hated this. Um, again, like Donjay alluded to, we just, we're going to put somebody in the match at the midpoint. Not only are we going to put them in the mid, yeah, they squashed a quote-unquote heel, but then they also lost, or they beat Imperium, which made zero sense. None. Um 
you, you, you take a makeshift tag team like Braun and Ricochet again, no, uh, no bad talk to them or their abilities, but I mean, all we talked about going in was how good the tag teams were looking, how good the tag, I mean, you had a uh, legato in there. You had uh, the Viking Raiders started it. You had Imperium, the, what I thought were going to be the odds on favor to win the thing, but apparently we went a little sideways with it. And like Don Jay alluded to, nobody cares about the actual match. They care about Jay Uso. That's the only part of this match that's appealing to, I think, anybody. So think- I'm not a very big fan. I think maybe after listening to you two make those comments, maybe that's why Braun and Ricochet are going to be the ones facing them because it won't be much of a match. It'll be more of a storyline progression for the Usos. That's the only way I can rationalize this decision right now. I'm not sure how else to to feel about it. Um, like you said, we were all really excited. I At the beginning of the tournament, my comment was Seamus and Drew don't need to be in there because they can hold their own as single stars. I feel the same way about Braun and Ricochet, so that is very disappointing. But maybe in hindsight, because of this whole Jey Uso storyline, that's why it's Braun and Ricochet, and maybe they're saving Imperium for Mania? I'm going to go out. Pe- I know a lot of people are going, it's going to be Sammy KO, but... I think maybe they're saving Imperium for it to be like an actual match on a bigger stage instead of just a Friday night where no one knows where Jay is. Uh, go ahead, Dodge. This is how much I hated this. I rather had Butch and Ridge Don't say it. in no. the match. I'd much rather have them in the match than, than the way they did this. That is how much avatar. I hated this. As long as you don't change it to bitch ass ridge, I'm about. But to. that is how much. That is how much I hated the how they did the tournament. Yeah, as I I agree with that because the brawling brutes are an actual team, even if yeah, we don't again, like them. The the overall of it was just we were so up talking the the tag teams as on SmackDown specifically and how excited we were for this, and then. They just decided to throw an audible. Um, hopefully, like you said, they're just throwing a dodge for the storyline progression. But that's uh, what I'm hoping it's... at this point because I don't know how else to proceed with it. Legato Imperium should have been the final. I think we can all agree with that. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't see what else they do with this other than use Braun and Ricochet to kind of hold the bag while we wait for Jay. Question mark. Oh, we gonna be we gonna be gurring and beefing a lot this podcast. Um, but let's move on because we're gonna talk more tag teams later, and we're gonna get even more mad. Um, <laughs> let's talk women's elimination chamber qualifiers on SmackDown. We had Natalia. Shotzi, Shayna, and Zelina um, for the final spot. Um, or not the final spot, sorry. This uh, one of the last two spots because the other one was on Raw. Uh, but Natalia wins. Um, she will be entering the Elimination Chamber in Montreal uh, for a shot at the Raw 
women's championship. And um, as much as I love Natty getting this moment, going to her homeland uh, of, of Canada, I, I am Canadian, don't you know? Um, I, <laughs> I made the joke in my Discord server that it's going to be Montreal Screwjob 2.0 and she's going to be eliminated first. Um, I would have loved to see Shayna because we all remember the elimination chamber that Shayna went off and I need that Shayna to come back. So I was really hoping it was her. Wouldn't have been mad at Zelina winning either. Um, Shotzi recently had a title shot, so I'm not upset that she lost. I'm a little upset that she was involved, but not, not upset that she lost. But Natalia is, in fact, going to Montreal for the Chamber. We've kind of talked about um, people being put in enhancement talent positions. It's nice to see Natty being considered um, for championship opportunities, even if she doesn't end up winning the Chamber. Uh, Flo, what do you feel about that women's so qualifier? I, I both women's qualifier. I think if we took predictions, I don't think any of us would be winning. Um, we'll we'll get also, to the raw one afterwards. Yeah. Yes, I also agree that I thought oh. it was going to be Shayna's moment. She has the history in the mm-hmm. elimination chamber. It was her comeback. It was like, all right, we're not doing the Ronda thing. SmackDown storyline sucked. We get it. Okay, this is going to be the moment, and they decided that okay, we're going to put the the hometowner into the thing, which again, all about grateful for the spot. But looking at this elimination chamber, top to bottom, it's like, it, it's, it's a one-on-one match to me um, looking at it personally, but um, it, it, it's just tough overall to decide where they're going and what exactly they're doing. I mean, right now we have what Charlotte's already decided with Rhea. This is yes. for, wrestlemania this is the last wrestlemania spot for the big female title and the 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 entrance they have in it are a little bit questionable i guess there could be other matches hopefully they don't throw together one of those uh andre the giant battle royal things because they're just kind of oh, they will to me. But yeah, yeah i'm sure just to get everybody on the show but it, it's very underwhelming and that's hard for me because I am all about Natalia all the time. But from a storyline and believable perspective on who's going to win this Elimination Chamber match, I'm I'm just not buying it with Natalia. And it's going to be, uh, I, I mean, are they going to let Natalia and Sammy get pinned in the same night? Uh, yeah, they are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm with you. Shayna would have been the most believable just because of that track record, that history. Turn her back into the badass. Uh, Don Jay, what are you? What are your thoughts? So I'm gonna come at it a, a little differently. I think they didn't put Shayna in there because they want us to forget that elimination chamber. Because then, if they put her in there, that's all they'll talk about. They'll potentially try to limit the credibility of the other five participants in it by saying that she should run roughshod on it. Not um, if Shayna so, gets eliminated first, right? But if she goes in, if if they put her in there and we look for her to be the wrecking balls last time, then and she goes out first, then that does nothing for her either. So I almost rather True. her not True. be in it. So like I said, I'm I'm good with Natty being in it just because of the whole uh, Montreal, give her the pop, give her her flowers, um, that piece. 
um, to Flo's point, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, I see one and a half op- people who could potentially win this thing. Um, but in term, it doesn't bother me as much as long as I get the one that I expect and hope to win it. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about the one um, a little bit later. But speaking of the one, um, we got the uh, the confirmation that we all thought we were going to get Roman against Sami Zayn at Elimination Chamber for the title. Roman goes to cut a promo. Sammy jumps him, KO style. Um, that spear that he hit on Roman was clean. That was clean. Uh, basically, it's... Yeah, Sammy's like, I didn't want anything from you now, but now I want your title. Um, I'm probably going to get a little bit of heat for this, but I'm used to it at this point. Um, I don't know the first thing about wrestling, but I feel like this breakup was too quick. I don't really know how to describe it. Like Roman didn't really get a chance to talk. And then Sammy was just like, I want your title. And like, I was kind of hoping Sammy would maybe do the whole like, cut a promo and be like, this is why you were so important to me. And now the power has gone to your head and I need to walk away or like something. I just felt like it was really sudden. Like, okay, you hit with a chair. We don't see you Monday. And then you just come back and spear Roman and say, I want your title. Like, that's it. Um, am I out to lunch here or did it feel a little like, okay, we, we went over with the trial of Sammy. So now we need to cut time (laughs) everywhere else. I I feel like Sammy could have, maybe we could have had a little more time instead of just sup, bitch. I want your belt. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. How do you feel about that flow? It's amazing how quickly Sammy Zayn turned into Kevin Owens. Right. Um, it, it, it's the Kevin Owen. We're just going to come down. We're going to kick your ass, beat the shit out of you. It's like, I understand your point of they took the emotion out of it. Like, yeah, the build was so good. We didn't get the emotion. It was just like, Hey, I'm coming to kick your ass. However, we did get the emotion when, uh, Roman's cutting that promo on Sammy in the corner. Cause that was a piece of work itself. Um, it's it's still to me. It, it's still amazing to me that the guy couldn't cut a promo to save his life years ago. And now he's just mm-hmm. like every word he says is gripping, capturing. It's just. I agree. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Um, so Sammy's just going to bum rush them all as usual. Everybody knows Roman's never alone. Um, he always has backup somewhere, even if they're in the van, even if they're eating uh crab legs and steak and whatever i need a sushi. bus that has crab legs and steak sushi Give me yeah. the sushi bus where it is yeah so uh we, we we need to find that bus first of all but um I, we're, we're gonna see where it goes um it's gonna end up in montreal so we're gonna get our match it, montreal it's boys for life <laughs> we will uh there's so many options for that match. It's just unreal. I'm just, I'm looking forward to see how it unfolds. Yeah. Donjay, how do you feel about um, the suddenness of this coming to fruition? 
I realize they don't have a lot of time because the chamber is in like what a week and a half. Exactly. But... So, and that, that's why I think where it is is the fact that their Friday was more about where's Jay. Our bloodline is fractured. We need to try to get whole, and not so much about Sammy. And then they right. threw the Sammy piece into it. And we have two more SmackDown, so we have because... tomorrow. And sorry to cut you off, but ultimately what we forget is this isn't Sammy's story. No. It's Roman's. Yep. And Sammy kind of became the darling of it with the Sammy Uso chants and whatnot, but ultimately it's not about him. It's about Roman being the head of the table. Sorry, continue. Yep, so and, and like I said, his, him being the head of the table means that he's supposed to have his family in order and in line and there's this big piece of the puzzle that he can't account for. So that's where the focus was for Friday. We had the great emotion from Rumble with the turn. And there wasn't, to you guys' point, we didn't have the additional part for Sammy to breathe. But in, in Roman's mind, he's more concerned about the fact that I don't have my full allotment of a family together and I need to fix that shit. Um, any other thoughts on that, Flo? Do you do you think Jay uh, walks out with Sammy at the chamber? Uh, I think uh, Jay is going to be the ultimate decision maker in that chamber. I think that is what's going to depend on who wins and loses that match. Um, however, it, it's interesting that it's like, well, it, it, it's not Sammy's story. It's Roman's story. And the only story anybody cared about was where the hell's Jay? <laughs> yep, right. It's like, where's Jay? Is Jay showing up? Where's Jay? What's Jay so I, doing? I guess we'll have to see tomorrow if Jay shows up to defend the titles or if they are allowed to freebird it and put Solo in the match if Jay is a no-show. Um, I'm sure that will have something to do with the Elimination Chamber storyline going forward. Um, but let's talk about another title. And that is the Intercontinental Championship. We have a fatal four-way tomorrow on SmackDown between Rey Mysterio, Madcap Moss, Karrion Cross, Hey McIntyre, and Santos Escobar. Um, I it's the Rey Karrion thing done. Did we finish that? Is that over? Because that was boring as shit to me. Um, I guess not. if if they're both in the match tomorrow. I want it to be done. Yeah. Right? I mean, Ray has spent more time on the shelf over on SmackDown than he has actually in the ring. It's like every time he gets in the ring, then he doesn't show up for a few weeks. Um, not sure injury, taking time off, or what's going on with that. Um, I don't think Ray and Karrion are directly done. I mean, I'm not sure we got an answer. I'm not sure anybody wanted one, and I think that's what y'all were alluding to. But yeah. Kind of what's going on with it at play. Everybody expects Ray to move on to other things. So uh, I, I we're definitely going to get a little bit of action between the two, both being in the match together. And then it is uh, Santos. And who was the fourth? Madcap. Mad. Okay. That was my uh, next question is, does everyone think Santos is winning? All I do now. What's that, Don Jay? All day, every day. Yeah, which means it's going to be Madcap. Um, any other, <laughs> I know we were kind of wondering what was going to happen with the intercontinental title, especially after Gunther or Gunther 
um, had that amazing showing at the Rumble. Um, we were kind of thinking like Sheamus and Drew would get involved. Do we still think like whoever I wins this, whoever wins this fatal four way is still going to end up losing to Gunter and we get like a triple threat at Mania between Sheamus, Drew and him? Is that kind of what we're thinking? Yep. That's what I'm thinking. That's pretty much along the lines. Right now, uh, the group formerly known as the Banger Bros are dealing with uh, with the Viking Raiders, which it's going to be interesting to see where they move the Viking Raiders after they're done with that brawl. Because, I mean, again, tag team pitchers, what are they doing with it? They're going against a tag team that's pretty much two solo acts acting as a tag team. Yeah. Speaking of yeah, um, I was going to move on from the SmackDown conversation, and then I remembered that LA Knight wasn't on SmackDown and mad. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, not bold. Not bold prediction. I know it's a couple months out, but LA Knight's winning money in the bank. All right. On to Raw. And uh, y'all want to get mad again? <sighs> Y'all want to get mad again? Brief, though. All right. We had the final two qualifiers for the United States Championship Elimination Chamber match. Angelo Dawkins against Damian Priest. And Montez Squeaky Sneaks Ford against Elias. And as we predicted... Montez won. Dawkins lost. Flo, get it out your system, baby. So first and foremost, I'm going to say that the beginning segment that involved Edge, the Street Profits, and Judgment Day was absolutely great, phenomenal. The help me mommy all along the lines. That, perfect. Not going to pick on that. However, now let's head over to, again, the ruining of tag team situation that we have going on. Um, so Dawkins, otherwise known to a lot of people as the out of shape, uh, not as good. Yeah, the, he's the, the fat and out of shape one. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah, at, in the ring. The, the Y'all wouldn't know great. fat and out of shape if it hit you in the face. Anyways. <laughs> he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then he's going against Priest. He takes a loss to Priest, which I understand everybody in Judgment Day has something to do, but Priest... I don't think this was the moment, and I'm going to get into my little fantasy booking afterwards. So Dawkins takes the loss. It's clean, et cetera. Okay. Uh, We move on to the Montez match. Montez takes care of business, gets into the match. And so now we have Montez getting hyped up, going in. We have uh, Dawkins sitting out. It's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense from a lot... The only thing I can think of is they want Montez in there to hit one spot off the top. Because nothing else storyline to me makes any partial sense in, in the Elimination Chamber. It's, hey, you can do that thing. Go do it. Not, hey, we want you to be a strong solo. And if I personally was doing the booking, which I wouldn't, you let Dawkins win. You let Ford win. And you want to say, hey, let's show the world that these guys are not only a phenomenal, electric, amazing tag team, but they are great solo and look what they can do. 
how you do this is you say, okay, well, if these two teams, if they get into the cage together, who's going to beat them? They're going to be able to defeat anybody. Then you have the possibility where if, hey, they're the last two left, who's going to win? What you do is you put Dawkins in first, let Dawkins absolutely go off, survive a ton of the match, and have him get pinned seconds before Montez gets released from the cage. So Dawkins could have a strong solo showing. Ford could have a strong solo showing. And it leaves you knowing that, hey, these guys are more than a tag team, great as a tag team, and I still think you get your job done where I think Priest, although he's phenomenal, love everything he does, is just in there because they didn't have anything better going on for him. So, so again, the tag team split up, not a happy fan of because it's you're, you're taking your best tag team and you're just like, let's progress a storyline, which is probably going to be for one spot. And you're leaving another sit on the side. So we just talked about how we didn't like solo acts being thrown together for a tag tournament. So why why would they do that and have a tag team that could have easily moved over for the tournament's sake? Why would you have a split tag team in the chamber? I I don't understand. Like they're we're saying there's you know tag team depth, but they're putting together singles for a tournament and then in an elimination chamber where they should be singles, they're using tag team competitors. Um I don't I don't know why. It, but it feels like something is just not clicking. Like why would you split up a tag team? when you have plenty of singles competitors that you're using to fill the tag team gaps. Like why not just swap them? I don't, I don't get it. Don Jay, maybe, maybe you have some thoughts on that. So I don't necessarily have a problem with them doing the split tag teams, um, solo run. I think they used the wrong tag team. Yeah, I that's, think I agree. I think they should have used alpha Academy because you're starting to see the planting of the seeds of the shovel Otis, um, mm-hmm. and, and Chad uh, just being the, the workhorse and I've said it and we've said it several times where I want to see the United States title on Chad Gable for a solo run and I think that Dawkins can have a solo run and be fantastic Ford can have a fantastic run um, Gable can have a run and even Otis has his own thing because he he can go when he wants to go as well but I think that in terms of the planting of the seeds of some of the things that they're doing with that particular tag team, especially with the um, the uh, the models. Um, yep, I was about to bring that up. That's the tag team that I probably would have done this with instead of the Street Profits, because every time they are separate, it, it automatically leads to people's mind with where they're going to break them up. And I don't think that they're going to break them up. But I also didn't think that they were going to break up another tag team that we'll talk about in a, few, in a little bit. Um, but in terms of tag team, I think they should have used Alpha Academy instead. I, and then I completely would have stayed down. And what? Sorry. And I said, and then Flo's blood pressure would not be high. Yeah, I I didn't even think of that to be honest. Using Alpha Academy, but it makes sense because at the beginning of Raw, we saw maximum male models signing their contract to come over to Raw. And the episode before, 
Uh, Maxime? Maxine? Is it Maxine with an N? Not an M? Um, I don't remember. The, the chick. Ma yep, Maxine Dupree. Maxine. Okay. Um, she looked at Otis and was like, it's perfect. Um, kind of, I guess, I don't want to say planting the seed, but um, kind of hinting at maybe they take the now disheveled Otis and try to do this like rags to riches transformation with him and he becomes a model because don't get me wrong otis is hilarious the only time i liked mandy rose was when otis was with her um i thought that was hilarious um he's just he's so funny and i really like gable as a singles competitor too i want him to go on a run so bad just like you um, so yeah, they, they definitely could have used Alpha Academy instead of the Street Profits. Um, I, I definitely agree with you there. Any other thoughts on that, Flo? Yeah, 100%. Me and Donjay need to start booking. I think that's what we've decided here because I agree, and we were mentioning Gable the entire time during the night. It's every time he has a match, it's like, when is this guy going to get the run? When is this guy going to get the run? The seed's already planted, but again... Like I said, we, we got to put Montez in the match so he can jump off the set. That's, yep, I guess. I, I don't do anything else. That's why he's in the match. He's going to jump off the set. Or the chamber wording. But, yeah, again, not happy. Don't do it. Um, just just give me my Street Profits back and let it go. Yeah, it's just, it's like I said, it's just so interesting that they were using singles for the tag tournament and then they're using tag teams for a singles tournament. And there's, it's just, I don't know. It just seems confusing and messy and unnecessary to me, but that's going to be the end of that conversation because we still need to get mad a little bit later on. Um, something that I'm a little mad about, just a little bit though, um, the final women's elimination chamber qualifier. Um, Natalia won the one on SmackDown. We had Candice LeRae, Carmella Meechin, otherwise known as Mia Yim, and Hyper Niven um, gets her name back. Massive dub. Um, Carmella has been out of action for seven months. She had some health problems um, and took some time off for her mental health as well. Uh, but she comes back and wins. She wins. She, she takes advantage of the Piper Niven cannonball to Candace in the corner and, and pins Candace and wins. So... Carmella is going to the chamber, um, which I think kind of alluded to the two of you earlier saying there's like one and a half favorites. Um, just like I would have liked to see Shayna in the chamber, I would have loved to see Piper Niven in the chamber because then it could be like it's literally any woman's game. But with Carmella entering, it's kind of looking like it's Asuka's chamber to lose. Is that where we're going? Yeah, I think that's where that's where I'm going. Uh, my half was actually Raquel. Mine was too. Give her that that chance to shine. Yep. But Looking at the rest of the field, the it's it's Oscar Raquel going to be the final two, right? Exactly. Or you would think. Especially, yep. Especially given the fact that um, Carmella in particular has had championship opportunity after championship opportunity after opportunity against Bianca. Um, SummerSlam, notwithstanding, with the whole Becky return, right? So, I'm so it does. 
I would have liked to see Piper in there as well. The Carmella doesn't bother me as much just from the standpoint that like she she is a trustworthy hand in yep. the match. Absolutely. Um and I think with her and um Natty in particular, they're they're vets and it's weird to call Carmella a vet, but she's a vet. She's a and no one talks about the fact that her she's second generation. Her father was enhancement talent, but he he was a wrestler. So there's that piece. Um, but I think they're there to make sure that like the lives and the Raquel's are fine because Oscar's yeah. gonna be fine and and, and um uh Nikki's Nikki gonna Cross. be fine. Yep. And, but I think that's that's why they went the way that they went. I I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Um you have, like somebody is saying in the chat, you need someone to take the falls. And maybe if Shada and Piper are the ones taking them, like you mentioned earlier, Dondi, it might diminish them a little bit. Not that you know, they talk about the chamber being a hellacious structure, so it's not like it's super diminishing if you lose in it. But maybe that's their line of thinking there. Flo, what do you think? Uh, clean sweep. Uh, Oscar won. Raquel was definitely the half. Um, for if anybody can do it over Oscar, it's going to be her. Um, like we were alluded to earlier, everybody else, it's just like, who is actually has a realistic chance of winning this thing. Also agree that Piper and Shayna would have been my picks as well to enter it. So you have it. Um, I get what Don Jay was saying earlier about, Hey, you don't want to take away, but I mean, this, whoever wins this goes straight to Bianca, who is booked to beat Roman. Yep. Um, so they need build. It, it, it can't just be like, hey, we're in the match now. What have you done? I won the chamber against Raquel. I won the chamber against Asuka. It's like, you, you're going to kind of overshadow the rest of the chamber because I think we're already doing that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like having those names in the chamber would make it all the more. It, it's like Rhea coming out at one to Cody coming out again at, at 30. You yeah. want to go through everybody to get that chance at Mania against the EST. This is the this is the person that's been around year long. No disrespect to Charlotte, and I know the SmackDown what they have going on over there. This is the big one to me. You win this, I, I you're agree. Going the boss, let's. Th this person doesn't lose. Wins against all adversity. You need to build them up somehow in a quick fashion because you're only going to have a few weeks to do it after this elimination chamber. And I think there's no better place to start than in this elimination chamber. Carmella, I I mean, welcome back. We get it. I don't think you, you got her. Nikki Cross has been great um, mm -hmm. personality-wise. In the ring, she'll be great as well. But again, uh, what's going to happen with her? Chance to win? No. Um, Natalia, we talked about earlier. And then uh, it, it's just who's going to be the one that's able to take this away. And I just think they need that extra footing going against the ESD. I do like um, the veteran presence in Natalia and Carmela being in the chamber with Raquel, um, because I think Raquel just needs those reps at this point because she's got everything to be main event. Um, so seeing her in, she had a strong showing in the rumble, even though she had a late number seeing her in this style of a match with um you know a very 
technical presence in Oscar and Natalia and Nikki. We don't really talk about Nikki Cross that much as a wrestler, but she's one of the better ones. She just doesn't really get the time. Um, I think Raquel is going to have another strong showing and she's going to learn a lot. And I think this is going to help propel her, not immediately, because if unless she wins, but I do see this turning into um, Asuka, Bianca at Mania, but I really want to see what Raquel can do in this match so we can dream up some championship scenarios for her after WrestleMania. Um, let's move on to, um, the moments where you could pinpoint my heart breaking and it's like the Simpsons where Bart pauses the TV on Ralph. It's like, you can see the exact moment where you broke his heart. Uh, it's JBL turning on Corbin. And the reason I'm upset, 50,000 on my head is disrespect, but I'm upset. Um, man, Corbin just can't keep a gimmick to save his life and I asked the two of you because I don't really pay attention to like the backstage drama and you know who's got heat and who's got beef and who are the respected ones in the locker room but I asked I'm like did Corbin beat someone up did he tweet out something dumb do they just not like him this like what what are they doing with him I got I'm, so, I'm so sad. And, well, and obviously, he was the last man to pin Roman Reigns, so the bloodline's been holding him down. I mean, I don't know what else it could be. I mean, he, I think he has it all. I do, too. I love him. I, I He needs to grow the hair out and go back to the lone wolf gimmick with that theme. It, man, I just... They got him. They got him in the, in the Dolph situation right now yeah he can fight he can he can make anybody look good and they are like someone said in the chat they they have him in mid-card hell yeah but he's, just... he's well respected in the back he there's no heat uh or anything like that it's just he's had so many he different characters and like i said the other day he's he's the male lacy in terms of Repackaging, repackaging, and repackaging. Yeah, but Lacey, we know why. Lacey has been kind of paying for her actions. Um, Corbin, not so much. And, like, Corbin's considered a safe worker, right? Oh, absolutely. One of the safest. One of the safest. Promo work? I mean, he it doesn't hurt when he has a mouthpiece, but I don't hate his promos. Nope. I just... He had a match with Pat McAfee. Someone who hadn't wrestled. And they trusted Corbin in that situation to be safe and make Pat look strong. And he did. So it's just confusing. Like... Why wasn't he in the... Well, I guess, no, he lost the match, but... It's like, they could have had him against Priest instead of Gargano or something with the Dexter Loomis hatchet hat thing. I don't know. It's just... I really like him, and it's just confusing. Probably needed for babyfaces trying a turn. 
I can see that. But I'd like to see him get a significant nudge. I don't know. What do the two of you think? He just needs to regain back some of his, his notoriety to say, like, it was, he, he was always one before where it was like, all right, he's coming to fight. And it's like, he had a chance to win. And it's just like, he built the reputation upon losing. Like I was trying to say earlier, they're running out of adjectives to give him. He was happy Corbin, broke ass Corbin, wrestling God Corbin. Like it, it's kind of King of the where, Ring. King, King of the Ring. He was Constable Corbin. That now Andre the Giant Memorial Tournament winner. Is, is Corbin in the Seven Dwarfs, basically? Just, yes. just call him Sleepy He's Corbin. He's all seven. <laughs> all seven rolled into one. So that's what we need for next year's Rumble. We need all seven Corbins. Sleepy Corbin? <laughs> Sleepy, happy, doc. <laughs> what what he hasn't been is winning. Dopey. He, he just doesn't win. Yeah. How, how do we get Corbin back in the win column? How do we get Corbin in matches where we feel like he's going to have a chance to win at the end? It's how do we rebuild? I, I, I do we go back? Because like me and you said uh, earlier, it's like bring the lone wolf. Why did we change that? I was just about to say, don't change what ain't broke. Yeah, it, it's that like was, we, he give him the music, give me the vignettes of him driving around the streets of Kansas City on the motorcycle, just brooding with the long greasy rocker hair flowing in the wind, no helmet. Give me that. He ain't got to talk. He just got to walk to the ring real slow and do the, you know, the pose and then go kick some ass. You send him down to NXT after after Mello wins the championship and put him in a program with Mello. Let's send him that in a couple months. I I agree with that. I I think that might be what it takes is let's just, let's give him the full, uh, the full-on restart and go from there. Well, we made the, the Dolph Apollo comparison, treatment. so mm-hmm. that's what Dolph did. I don't, yeah. I, I'm not sure how I feel about sending main eventers to NXT constantly. Is he a main eventer now? No, that was the, that's what I was going to get into, though. Is okay. It feels like it happens a lot to the point that do you think it takes away from NXT? if they keep sending the old guard back or do you find when they send somebody from raw or SmackDown, do you find it actually helps to elevate both NXT and the other person? I absolutely do. Okay. Uh, That's yeah. That's the way I'm leaning to 100%. Yeah. Uh, If this was a few years ago, I would disagree with that, but in recent, yes, 100%. And we'll get into, we'll get into that when we talk about our vengeance day recap, because who Lord, did we have a match? Uh, but a couple more things to talk about in regards to Monday Night Raw and the Cody Rhodes, Paul Heyman promo. It got dusty. No pun intended. But it got dusty. Um, can we talk about how good Paul Heyman is? Not all at once. Goddamn. God he, 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 he's been in this. For so long and he's and he's just so effortless and you can tell that he played off of how cody started it so mm-hmm. he could take it in that direction and and we talked about it and on other um podcasts and and sammy is the 
you want to push for Sammy versus Roman, Sammy versus Roman, Sammy versus Roman. And then when he's not doing a, a playing a video vignette about coming back and winning and, and all of that stuff, Cody is the man. And we've talked about this last week. He just mm-hmm. has the presence of someone that can lead a company and he's done it before. And now he's on the biggest stage of all. And the fact that Roman has two distinct storylines now mm-hmm. for the championship is fantastic. And two distinct storylines. And he's got two belts. Hint, mm-hmm. hint. Hint, hint. Possible foreshadowing. Um, yeah, Cody is, like we mentioned last time, one of the guys that was like needed to go off, find himself, and come back like Drew McIntyre, like Bobby Lashley, how they went and did other things for a bit, then came back better than ever. Um, Cody's got the look, he's got the walk, he's got the talk, he's he wrestles very well. I, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I was really sick of the vignettes. I hated him winning at 30. I thought it wasn't necessary, but I don't think he's bad. Like I'm. I don't think he's bad. It was just, it felt like a little too much for me, but he's definitely deserving. And the promo work was incredible. Like him and Paul were crying in the ring. And I was thinking, Paul Heyman's been in this business for so long. He's got to have some dusty stories, right? Sure enough, he brought him out. And um, yeah, interesting to see with the two different storylines and the two belts. What real, what contrived. Right. But what, what an absolute promo. Um, I don't think anybody knew where exactly we were going when, when Cody came out, it was like, all right. Cause he always starts with the, well, what do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we got to the Sammy chance. Um, and then you get Heyman coming out of you all get the ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen. And, and then, then the crowd it, just it, goes ape. <laughs> yes. From there on out, it, it was just edge of the seat. Like, it, it just kept, you just kept wanting more. Like, it was like Grandpa telling that one story that he tells a hundred times, but it doesn't matter because it's that great every time he tells it. You're just sitting there at the edge. And, like, they were both emotional with the story. I'm not sure how much of the the uh, the promo was actually planned for not planned per se. It it and if I it wasn't that, planned, it it, phenomenal. If it was planned to make it look like it wasn't planned, then it was planned very well. Yes. Yeah, because really, that really that good. is the key in a promo. If if you're sitting there questioning, hey, is this exactly going to be good? Is this real? Is this fake? Is he shooting? What, what what's going on here? And afterwards, every I mean. It hit all the emotional strings of where it's now like, do we want Sammy to win? Do we want Sammy versus uh, Cody? No, I don't think we do. I, th- I think we need the Roman Cody now. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts, Donje? Um, just like I said, the the fact that it was real, it was based in truth from the whole ECW Steve Carino piece to how Dusty was the the linchpin for the in the early part of NXT and how many people that are on the main roster now he's had a great impact on um just all of that and the fact that Dusty really didn't do much 
in terms of Cody's upbringing for wrestling. His development uh, and training, yeah. True. So it, just the realism of that story was just fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cody Roman at Mania, if it's for one title instead of two, I don't think that loses anything for me. Um, would that diminish it for you guys at all? Nope. No, not at all. Nah, I didn't think so. Um, speaking of getting diminished, we finally got the cage match between Becky and Bailey. Grr. Uh, yeah. And okay. So I was really mad when the cage match didn't happen at first because damage control, damage controlled. And then I was really mad that we got the cage match and damage control, damage controlled. And then Lita showed up. Now, I I talked at length about this with Flo, and I completely understand his point. Completely. I agree with it. Um, and I'll let him make that point shortly. But basically, I'm not mad at a leader return. No, I'm mad that we couldn't just get a fucking one-on-one match between Bailey and Becky. Otherwise, what's the point of putting it in a steel cage? Like, 1v1 and move on. Um, but no, damage control had to interfere. However... I'm not mad at Becky getting help because it's been the same shit for weeks with damage control of them trying to jump her. Now, I granted, she's, we have a verb, damage controlled, when you as one person take out an entire faction. So Becky has been damage controlling them for a bit, but it, it kind of flip-flops between one day she can handle it, one day she can't. Um, so to me, it was just like, it was the same crap. Damage control, trying to be legit heels, and they're just annoying. Um, so I'm not mad that the odds got evened, even though they were still a woman short. Um, I'm just, overall, I'm just irritated that we couldn't get a 1v1. I, 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 I don't know. Flo? Sure. absolutely hated this um yeah it, it makes zero sense to me whatsoever um you have the personal promos where even they're attacking each other's past they're attacking each other's family members they're going this and that where if you go back and listen to that promo it is one of probably the best promos we've had this year mm-hmm. of them going back and forth and the personal instincts and the stuff that goes in it going personal it's hey you can't beat me Oh, okay, I can. So we we have the match, and we're like, okay, first time around, we're ready for this cage match. They're finally going to end their little grudge rivalry they have going on. You have one of the best in Bailey. You have one of the best in Becky. Here we go. And the first one gets whatever happened to the first one. Time committed, uh, damage controlled, whatever we want to call it. Stupid. So then it's okay. We're making up for it. We're going to have this. It's going to main event the night. This is going to be it. This is the match you were waiting for. Where Bailey it all started in Florida. In Florida, going with the storyline. The storyline is there. The whole reason for the cage is to keep everybody out of the goddamn cage. 
Now, I know nine times out of ten, that's never the case. There's always some kind of this, that, and the other that gets interfered with it. However, this was going to be the match. It's going to be like, okay, who is better? Who's the number one here? Both both could have looked great coming out of this. There would have been an edge towards the winner, but at the end of the match, both of them, with no interference, could have came out looking as strong as humanly possible heading into the WrestleMania season. However, damage control comes out, does their stuff, meets Becky, top of the cage. Here we go. And like Goldie alluded to a little bit ago, Becky has been 1v3 whooping their ass to the point that we made the verb damage controlled all the time, no help. Now you have a skill cage. You're practically facing them one-on-one because the one was in the cage. match of the series, like you mentioned. The match. Yeah, this this is this is supposed to be the determining factor in this. I mean, it, it, okay, the first time it got messed up. Now the second time, okay, they're not possibly going to do anything screwy in this one. I mean, at least get some of the match away. You have damage control interfere, and now all of a sudden the, the match looks to be back in the cage where you figure it's going to end. Uh, you figure damage controlled would have got outsmarted, outwitted, whatever, uh, could have accepted. And then for some unknown reason, Lita comes out to make a save. And again, as was alluded to earlier, I'm happy to see Lita. Lita fan. All that. Nostalgia, this, that, the other. But why? Why are you here? Why you know, was it Lita okay. and not someone else on the roster? Uh, there are so many people that damage control has effed over that the story would have made sense. When you have this much story invested into something, why do this? I, I just don't understand. John Jay. <laughs> I yeah. just laid out for, for both of you guys, just because I had, I don't see it the same way as you guys do. And, and there's a couple reasons why. That's so I never expected this to be the end game of the Bailey-Becky uh, rivalry. If we remember, this was at this was probably at Raw 30 and time constraints and everything like that. Lita was there and in the back and, and she never got on camera. So mm-hmm. all of this happened a couple weeks ago. My thinking is this is going to lead to some form of um, 3v3 at WrestleMania, potentially. I'm, oh, I'm Trish, thinking WrestleMania. Trish coming what, back Trish? too? Yep. Oh, I really? Think, I was being I was being half-hearted no, with that. No, I think she shows up probably at Elimination Chamber in some form of fashion. No, in Canada. Some tag team match yep. In Canada, get the massive pop. You run the 3v3 and you culminate with a six-woman tag match at WrestleMania with the two Hall of Famers and Becky Lynch versus Damage Control and ends it that way. So yeah, and, and that, that would be a phenomenal idea. Let's not defend the tag titles even longer. I was just about I, to I don't say disagree. We, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And like and the, the women's tag is a sore subject for the past year. We gonna get into that later too because we, we ain't done. And and we currently don't have the people that had it last year neither of them work for the company anymore because of what they're doing right now but be that as it may uh 
I believe that this is, like I said, this is just a part of a bigger plan because now everything is WrestleMania centric. And I think that's where the end game is really going to be. So I didn't have, I knew that the, that's like to Flo's point, most steel cage matches is going to have some form of shenanigans. So we knew something was going to happen with Dakota and we all love Lita. So it was great to see her. Uh, but I don't think it was ever planned to be the end game full circle moment that, uh, that you guys potentially thought it would be. I, hmm. how do I say this? As much as I love Lita and that WrestleMania scenario you drew up, I don't need to see it. I'd rather see an actual tag team go after those belts. As much as it would be fun, it would be nostalgic, it would be entertaining, give the women their flowers for all they've done in the industry. I'm fine with that. But I don't I don't need to see it at Mania. I'd rather see them do something with the belts. But it's I get Hollywood. it. I, it, exactly. It's Hollywood mania. It's Rhonda rock mania, whatever the hell you want to call it. I, I get that, but we'll see what happens, I guess on Monday night raw. Um, was kind of hoping they'd be done, but I'd rather see Lita versus Bailey one-on-one. I think I'd rather have that too, actually. And then that way it still frees up damage control to do something with the belts. Um, but alas, we need to talk about Vengeance Day. And uh, as you can see, I have the title on my logo because uh, your girl went five for six in the predictions. And again, didn't matter until now because I was the one that got it right. Uh, let's talk Vengeance Day. You both picked Dijak to squash Wesley. Would you like to talk about the match or should I? Interference ruin the match for me um it was great it was amazing up until then um they played into the hey never both were absolutely phenomenal both were like never dying i think we kept at, is this the pin is this the pin is this the pin every move there was no sell whatsoever it was like we're kicking out of everything um we're, we're gonna do it for another two hours unfortunately uh because there was some uh some screwy interference with the match the, uh, the the match didn't go as planned. Um, however, again, like we predicted, there was no squash to it. It was an absolute Strong. phenomenal match. Yes. Um, it was an absolute... I, I mean, NXT always starts. It's kind of like the SmackDown starting with tag match. And yeah. Whatever match is kicking off the show, you're in for the ride. Make sure you're buckled up to get it started. So again... Phenomenal all the way. Wasn't as happy with the ending for what we got. I hate when matches get the yeah or that good that get the little asterisk on the end. Mm -hmm. But uh, I do, however, appreciate um, that getting acknowledged on the on the episode of NXT prior, uh, not prior, um, afterwards, where Wesley was saying like, "I didn't ask for you guys to come help me. Get out of my business." Like they at least mentioned it. Instead of it like, Wesley's the champ, he defeated a monster. They acknowledge the fact that he won with help. And they're turning that into a storyline, I suppose. D'Angelo is like, hey, we did you a favor. Now you can do us a favor. Uh, my Italian accent's horrible. It's not my motorcycle impression at all. Um, 
But we're going into a Wesley North American Championship Open Challenge, and it's looking like uh, either Tony or Stax is going to be the one to answer it as, quote-unquote, repaying for the favor that he never called them for? Question mark, Donjay? I want Hank. Give us Hank. I want Hank. Give us Hank and Big Body Javi. Um, no. The only thing in, in terms of Vengeance Day, and we'll get more into it, it was just good to see them on the road again. They were the mm. last to get back out after the um, pandemic started. And the fact that they were able to do it in front of a crowd, it's always going to get your juices flowing a little bit more. And, and they ate. They There was nothing nothing more to say. They they ate in, in that match, and it was a fantastic match. Every single match on the Vengeance Day card ended up being fantastic. Um, the one that we thought was going to suffer because of how good Wesley and Dijak was, uh, the women's tag match where new champs, uh, they're talking about Caden and Katana having the longest reign of women's tag championships. So we're going from damage control that never defends to Caden and Katana who were defending every two weeks. Um, and it felt legitimate. If they... So, so Fallon and Kiana win. Um, Fallon is the one that's like, Kiana cheated. We're giving them a rematch. That's another conversation. But it's looking like maybe Caden and Katana lose the rematch and get called up. Because, like I was saying, they're not doing anything with the women's tag titles on the main roster. Bring up an actual tag team. Maybe we can get this going again. Um, do either of you have thoughts on that match? That was a big surprise, to say the least. I think that's the only one we all got wrong. We all got um, it wrong, yep. I don't think I think everybody did. I, I don't think there's a single person in chat that would have made that prediction. That will be the one guy that said, I did it! But no. Of course he did. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it was just really surprising, and that was the key, and that's what we all kind of looked at each other. And when Goldie said, how do we follow that matchup that just happened with Dijak and Wesley? That's how you follow it up with the most surprising loss probably in NXT yep. in a long time. Um, and not only that, the match was pretty damn good. They all looked um, very strong. That, that's what a lot of people didn't expect going into it. I mean, there was a couple spots in there that it was like, wow, ow. It, all the onomatopoeia we can think of on there. But uh, – it, it was just a surprise in general. Um, it definitely didn't hold the card down like a lot of us thought. I mean, it was instant. Who do you pick? Yeah, write it off, send the check. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting to see where the storyline goes. I agree with uh, let's send uh, Caden and Chance up. But the as if they come up and do something, let's give them some people to face. Let's make yep. sure they're still defending it every two weeks mm-hmm. and go from there. Yep, Sanjay? The only thing I'll add to that um, is the fact that we talked about a little bit about the rematch coming and and how, um, well, it's not even a rematch with them having a a tag team match next week on NXT, how stank, for lack of a better phrase, their attitude was and how they lost. It it was like so over the top stank. Um, And their faces, and they just like immediately turned. Yep. And they went full spin to to heal because they were wronged in the tag team and and they should never have lost. And what's that got to do with Roxanne? 
It has absolutely nothing to do with right? Roxanne. So, Roxanne, what are you going to do thing, about it? Nothing. I'm, I got my own. I won. I beat right? two women. That has nothing to do with you guys. So that part annoys but it me. Means, but, but it means we're it getting means Mako Satamura. Yeah. We get her next week. We're getting Mako Satamura on cable television next week. Um, that's the positive out of that. I mentioned this a little earlier. Uh, when we talked about uh, main roster talent going down to NXT to um, help elevate the NXT talents, Don Jay, I'm gonna let you take this one. Uh, Black History Month. We got Car- <laughs> we got Carmelo and Apollo. Can we can we talk about how good that match was? Just go and go give them their flowers. The- Carmel is the best person in NXT. He's my favorite person in NXT, point blank. Apollo is former Intercontinental Champion, U.S. Champion. He can go. They just had a, a fantastic match. The only thing that shocked me about that match, and it shocked um, the two of you as well, is that it went 2-0. Yeah, so we that, were usually, a, that usually doesn't happen. But but Carmelo is, is the truth, and then it got to... Um, his match on Tuesday, where we got to JD McDonough, which was Unreal. also on cable TV <laughs> and not a pay per view, and that was a fantastic match. So, just in terms of of anything mellow and, and Trick Williams, just being that mouthpiece, a different mouthpiece than that we're accustomed to in terms of, of either manager or sidekick, he does it More with a hype man. He is a yeah. hype man. So. And then, like I said, managers are supposed to be the protectors. The like Paul Heyman was the hype man for Paul Heyman. I mean, for Brock Lesnar. So it's in it's in that similar type of vein, but he's doing it with his own spin. So right. I I love the I love that match. It was, and then you had Dabakato come out, and then um, now that's going to start something where they he was on the main roster mostly as a side. For Apollo, but then that that builds another story. And NXT yep. is just great about having their own little separate story that means something. You mentioned Carmelo being the truth, and then you mentioned Trick Williams. And I've said this to the two of you plenty of times. Um, I wouldn't be upset if Trick Williams stayed in NXT for 20 years and was the R Truth of NXT. He's just so entertaining. Mm-hmm. I love the guy. I want the world for him. I can watch him all day. Um, moving on to the men's tag, the fail four-way. Uh, Flo and I got this one right. Gallus boys on top, uh, defeating the New Day pretty deadly and Chase U. Uh, again, strong match. We got all sorts of spots. We had Andre Chase doing Andre Chase things off the top turnbuckle into the the open arms of every single competitor. Duke Hudson went through a table. Um, Gallus doing Gallus things. Flo, you got any um, any points you want to make about that match? The, the match overall was just phenomenal with everything involved in it. Every competitor had a spot. Every competitor had a big voice about the match, not including the uh, hell outside the match. But... Um, <laughs> Just get all around, <laughs> yeah. Get the get the megaphone spot in. 
But it, it's just like that was like the perfect combination mix where you had so many things going on, yet it didn't feel like too much. Usually right. when you have, okay, this team, that team, and it wasn't that hard to keep track of. It's like, all right, who's the legal man? Who's this? Who's that? Who's running around? Who's on a table? Who's getting abducted? Who knows? But in the end, where I went with the prediction, it's just Gallus looks so damn strong right now. It's like you pretty much have to gang up on them to take them out, and then if you're getting them 2v1, it's pretty much a lost toss, and that's going to be the end for you. But overall, it was uh, phenomenal and highly entertaining. Yep, absolutely agree. Don Jay, you're the one that said New Day was going to hold the titles until Mania. How are you feeling? In in retrospect, I, I feel fine. I've, and given the fact when we talked about this a few days ago, Woods was the one that actually took the pin, um, which I think is perfect because you're, the champion is going out on their shield. So yep. if, if And you're not having some, there's no ambiguity in saying, hey, I was never um, pinned, so there should be a rematch or anything like that. He lost cleanly. And ultimately, as we've been talking about, main roster going down to help, I, this helped those three tag teams immensely just to be Absolutely. able to fix it up with the one of the greatest tag teams in the history of the company and just to be able to um, say that they beat the New Day in, in story and whatever, you're, you're, that's a notch on the belt that they can remember for a long time. And I'm Absolutely. a big guy. Love Gallus as well. I just thought that I just was thinking more with my heart than my head, apparently, on this one. Hey, I, I, I did it for the Rumble, and we saw how that worked out for me. Um, maybe this means the New Day is going to go back to the main roster and we have another credible tag team to get split up into singles. Too soon? Too soon. That's always uh, Yeah. The Freebird rule, though. Uh, next, we had the Women's Championship match. This kind of went the way we thought it would. Um, Roxanne wins. JC and Gigi start to fracture. Um, and eventually, JC Janetti. Um, I know she's the one that delivered the super kick, but JC is the Janetti of the two. I will, don't at me. Um, I... We had predictions on that, too. Um, I believe Don Jay said they'd stay a duo. Flo said they'd get a new leader, and I said they'd split. And uh, they split. Ding dong, hello, boot to face. Um, how are we feeling about... Actually, you know what? No, do we want to talk about Toxic Attraction now? Because it adds to the whole... We started out Talk with about. really strong tag teams, and then you split up like the one credible threat to actual tag teams. Well, you want this one? Oh, I will take my last, uh, last grunt here. Um, <laughs> I know. This is another sure. one that I absolutely hated. Um, toxic Attraction has been built up so far so long with everything it, it, it was kind of to the point where it was like when are they getting called up they're they're gonna tear shit up it's like when they get up there i mean actual faction whether it's picking on bianca picking on charlotte picking on whoever that whoever the tag team belts are they can go after tag team belts and it was such a long driven story from the beginning 
bet how they were all brought together, what they were, how they worked together. And it just feels like robbery, the fact that we never actually got to see that. Uh, but part of that has to do with Mandy getting released, right? I I would imagine. Um, I, I would guess that their long term wasn't to split them, especially right going into Mania. I would imagine yeah. that after Mania was when we were finally going to see them. I was hoping that they came out and damage oh, after control, Mania. Yeah. Damage control. Yeah. And that was going to be the big moment of, hey, toxic attractions here to fuck up Raw or fuck up SmackDown, whatever, either yep. or. But un- unfortunately, like I said, um, it-, it just seems like, hey, guys, we, we kind of gave you your flowers. We gave you the triple threat match. But now it's like we got to see what you can do your separate ways because the plans fell through. And I absolutely hate it. Um, I-, I did, like I said in my prediction, I do feel like they needed that leader presence. And it just seems like they're not going to get it now. And I'm, I'm a little disappointed about it. Yep. Dondre? I trust NXT. Like in the in the moment, thought it thought it was dumb. Thought that like to Flo's point, they needed. Um, I thought they were going to stay together, obviously. Um, but I I trust them into seeing what happens next. Uh, I one hundred percent believe that all of this was based on uh, having to turn pivot. Uh, yep. with Mandy being gone, because one thing I know about NXT just because I've watched it so long is that they plan their stories out for like months and months so they know exactly where they're going especially from like one takeover to another and the fact that this was sprung on them had to change their end plans i'm i'm interested in seeing what happens next week and the evolution of the separation of the of the group because yep. before they got there they both were singles wrestlers in, in different promotions and, and did well in those promotions and they had their best selves so far as a duo but I want to be able to see if they learned anything from being a duo to expand their solo runs yeah I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that too it looks like JC's gonna be the one that they want to that they want to push because she's the one that betrayed uh Gigi it, it, you know they barbershop here we go Shawn michaels is the one like we, that's why we call everyone the genetti when they get a boot to the face um but do we see jc being the one out of these two or maybe they both end up being stars how do we see this playing I think, out i think they make they are trying to make gg a super face and then they'll make jc a, a super heel yeah and i think that they'll go their separate ways and i don't think it um uh, i don't think that there is one that's going to super shine the other because in NXT, the women always shine, period. Um, But I I think that they're going to try to make Gigi a a super baby face because there's not that many ultra baby faces in in the women's division. I mean, pretty much they're going to have to show me something. Not Um, many. I didn't say that there weren't any. No, I never, I'm not disagreeing with you. I was just trying to think, like, other than Roxanne and Soul. Oh, uh, Wendy. Wendy's a face. Oh, yeah, Wendy, yeah. Indy is, is well, we don't even know about Indy anymore. Yeah, she she's kind of mid. Um, do we yeah. see maybe um, JCGG culminating at Stand and Deliver? Or is that too soon? 
because they kind of had to rush this. Like we said, they had to pivot with Mandy leaving. So do we get a long, drawn-out feud between the two of them? Or because Mania season is here, do we kind of just quickly wrap this up and let them go their separate ways? I mean, we're saying quickly, but it's the first week of April, and we just hit, this just happened beginning of this week, so it'll end up being like almost two months. So we have all right. of February, and then we have all of March, so in terms of NXT time, seven weeks buildup is perfectly is acceptable for, for them. Yeah. Okay. Hello? Yeah, they're going to have to show me something. Um, I agree with it's kind of like, who is any is either of them going to shine through this? I think they do take the steps to where they're yelling at each other, promos beating the hell out of each other backstage. Maybe they get cheap wins against each other, and then we get their big okay. Show me what you can do match with each other. Um, that's going to be what I think it needs, especially to shine out. It was like okay, you two were together so long. Let's show that you both have it. This is going to be it. This is your personality. You're going to be the loud, obnoxious, annoying one. You're going to be the one the crowd loves. Go make it happen, and let's see what come out. And then maybe that match ends, and then maybe they love each other again. I mean, that's the perfect world, right? Uh, give yeah, them something the, to do. they but. beat the hell out of each other at Stand and Deliver, and then the Raw after Mania, they show up together like, all right, we got it out of our systems, bitch. We're here. They, they do the Seamus Cesaro. They, they form yeah, the bar. Yeah, best of seven. Best of seven. Best of seven. Let's do it. I I wouldn't be mad at that, actually. Um, One thing we... There's two more things we need to talk about. One of them I mentioned in the intro. um, The return of the Mad Russian. And uh, a listener actually tagged me on Twitter when this happened. And said, Ilya said, fuck your visa issues. Yeah. Um, he's back. How excited are we? I can't really get more excited. Uh, the music hit and that match completely turned, which oh. the match that turned in was already a banger. But I, you were on voice with me. You heard my excitement. I, mm-hmm. I got a little hot there. It was electric. This is a man that can take control of the match. He can take control of the crowd. And it's just you're into it from start to finish. No matter who he's facing, what it's wrong. He could be out there for a squash match, and you're going to remember it. Yep. So I am highly excited to have this man back to figure out. It looks like him and uh, JD might have some unfinished business, and then it's like, where does this guy go next? Yeah, this is the man that had a um, best two out of three match series with Walter. And those were some of the best matches in modern wrestling. Um that I think I've ever seen. Just incredible. But um, you mentioned he comes back and faces um, JD, who's the one that, I guess, KFAB took him out with injury because there were visa issues or whatever. Um, but are we thinking maybe Mello and Braun get their program and Ilya JD get to feud and then Standing whoever over. wins between Mello and Braun gets the winner of Ilya JD McDonough? Yep. Yeah. Works for me. Works for me because oh, all four yeah. of them can go. And yep. yeah. I ain't mad if, at any of them being the face of NXT for a designated period of time. I think they're all fantastic. Uh, last thing I want to bring up 
And uh, I'm going to let Flo handle this one because um, rock in a hard place for um, our friend Godflow here. It looks like we're getting a Chase U schism feud. And I know oh. it breaks your heart. Uh, my my nightmare scenario of my two loves. It's like, what, what, what do we do here? Where do we go? Um, yeah, we were in the back and uh, they was getting a little excited and Ava Rain had a little abduction going on. Took her away, apparently did some nice little makeup, gave her some Walmart stickers, called Big it a tails. day. So pigtails as well. I mean, everybody alluded to her like, is, is that Alexa? What's going Fiend on? Alexa. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Fiend Alexa coming back. But it, it is going to be amazing. Um, Schism hasn't been in the ring as much lately. Um, Chase U has been in the ring lately, and it's been absolutely phenomenal. So I'm looking forward to see where this goes. Is this uh, how many matches has Ava Rain had so far? Is this going to be zero? Are we going to get? She has not had a match. Oh, so we put her against somebody that has had one match. Let's do it. I'm here for it. Let's go. Um, not one match. One win. <laughs> Undefeated. One match, one yep. win. Undefeated. Undefeated. 1-0, oh, baby. Um, so one to oh. kind of Cole's notes this, Thea Hale is backstage cutting a promo, cutting a promo on Tiffany Stratton. Uh, Thea Hale is 19 years old, for what it's worth. Um, and then, yep, gets abducted. Joe Gacy has been busy on Instagram. Um, posting, you know, pictures of Chase U with X's over their eyes and wire and fraud written across. So it looks like Joe does not agree with public education. Um, and it looks like we're going to get, like, Joe Gacy, the, the Walmart sticker man, going after Andre Chase, who he believes is a false prophet of sorts. Um... That there's three people in Chase U and there's four in Schism. So what do we see playing out here? Dante? There's going to be somebody that we're not expecting to join Chase U because we weren't expecting Duke Hudson to join Chase U. And there used to be that fourth person, but then they fired him because I guess he sucked. During Was that Marcus? Um, Marcus, get the uh, fuck out of my classroom. <laughs> it wasn't Marcus. Marcus is, is always that foil that always gets yelled at. But it was like Brody or, or something like that because he had the little moppy hair. And the, um, oh, I don't remember. The, yeah. the blonde but guy? Anyway, yep. Nobody does. That's why they got rid of him. Exactly. But I wasn't anyway, trying to be disrespectful. <laughs> no, they'll, they'll, be that, they'll bring somebody in that we're not expecting. Do you think it'll be a return? Or someone completely new. I think it'll be a return. Who's been away for or a bit. Somebody's that's either that or somebody that's a one-off. Hell, put uh, put Dolphin chase you. I was just gonna, gonna say, is Bobby Roode We're healthy yet? Squad. Is Bobby Roode healthy yet? Could be. Can we get Bobby Roode in NXT to get his legs back under him? And then you put him in chase you, kind of like twenty-one Jump Street. With uh, Channing Tatum just looking old as all hell, being yeah. a college student. Yeah, <laughs> I miss Bobby Roode. 
I'm also here for Dolph coming back. We 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 need the Spirit Squad and Chase U. I think it'll be somebody. Like, somebody in the chat said Cameron Grimes. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Please. Ooh. Well, how yes. do y'all do, folks? My first day at Chase U. Hoo-wee. I think that's how he talks, right? <laughs> I heard that guy talking we'll, we'll like that whole match. <laughs> we'll we'll allow. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll you allow. Or maybe this is where they send Baron Corbin. Learn how to win again. Go to Chase U. <laughs> oh. Oh, the possibilities are endless. If you're watching oh, this yeah. on YouTube, uh, let us know in the comments who you want to see as the fourth member of Chase University. Hit us up in the Discord if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, or Google, uh, because this was not on the list of things to talk about, and now I want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it could. Oh, there's so much they could do. Um, but that is it for our podcast time gentlemen is there anything else the two of you wanted to touch on no no i watched AEW and wished it had happened um so there's not much Yo, i didn't even about. i didn't even make a spot for you to put in AEW stuff that bad huh no and and it, it was it was not great it was one of their not one of their better shows and i'll just leave it at that well all right uh, Look. Last words from me, if you're out and about, keep an eye on your local Waffle House. Let anybody know if you see Jay Uso. There's a couple guys looking for him. If you know, call me first because I want the reward money. And then call me second because I want Waffle House. We don't have them up here. I've never tried it. Um, so if somebody could door dash me Waffle House across the border. Um, maybe, is Jay the one that can't cross the border or is that Jimmy? Jimmy. Jimmy. It's so so Jay can bring me Waffle House? Yes. Yes. Bet. All right, Jay. We know we are at Waffle House. Come on down to Winnipeg. Uh, but that's Come going through. to conclude our podcast for the week. Flo, thank you so much. Don, Jay, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will have more. We're going to talk about wrestling next Thursday. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Bye, guys.